Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to episode 68 of the world's first Paul Weller fan podcast. I'm Dan Jennings, and 10 years ago, I gave up my live streaming career as a radio presenter with one big regret never getting to interview my hero, the legendary British musician Paul Weller. This podcast exists purely to solve that issue. Welcome to Desperately Seeking Paul. In this episode, delighted to be joined by Sonia Phillips, a multi-award-winning filmmaker, writer, director, storyteller. In fact, the talent behind the music videos for two of Paul Weller's biggest ever songs. Videos that have gained millions of views on YouTube. So if we talk about the big hitters, you've got Town Called Malice up there with 18 million. The Star Council's Shout to the Top has 15 million. But two absolute classics, Top of the Weller Solo Tree, both directed by Sonia. Broken Stones has nearly 5 million views and You Do Something to Me has over 13 million views. Two classic songs that we know and love with music videos to match, which we'll dig into. And we'll also hear about a portfolio of work since then, which is outstanding as well. Well, so let's get into it. My very special guest, Sonia Phillips. Thanks for joining me. You're welcome. Where in the world are you right now? Right now, um, I am in Wareham in Dorset. I am house sitting for the weekend and uh, I have four ducks, two dogs and three guinea pigs as uh, companions. Nice. <laughs> Lovely part of the world, I have to say. Lovely really beautiful. World. I'm going to turn my camera around and show you how gorgeous this house is. Oh, wow. What a view. I love I the massive telescope by the by those big windows, too. It's great. I would love to say it's all mine. <laughs> I've been visualizing it, but unfortunately, it's only coming in weekend chunks uh, oh. rather than as a life uh, house. But one day, one day. Um, thank you so much for joining me. I'm, I'm really looking forward to chatting with you. We're going to dig into some stuff that, to me, feels like yesterday, because this is the time when I discovered the music of Paul Weller, that early solo period. We're kicking into that first solo album. We're then moving through Wildwood and Stan. 
Stanley Road and he's back on top getting huge audiences both in terms of record sales and gigs and stuff but actually when you look at it we're now talking 30 years ago right <laughs> so, so I appreciate you might not be able to remember every single thing about this yeah and uh, there might be stuff that I should uh, not say <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting yeah. Yeah, see if we can tease that out you Paxman style <laughs> yeah let's see let's see so this is around I think I'm right in saying three videos that you created before. Two. Oh, okay. So I had um, you do something to me, broken stones, and porcelain gods. But which one have I got? No, wrong? Uh, so. I didn't. Oh, I, actually, I did do something for porcelain gods. Maybe they re-edited my video for that. They re-edited. A, there was a couple of things. There was a couple of funny stories about re-edits. MTV. I think Paul and MTV fell out. And the second one I did, broken stones. I had to go back in. Well, this is what the record company said, and take out loads of fisheye lens from that one, which I wasn't. I was. I think I was like twenty-one or twenty-two at that time. I'm really quite arrogant and I was really, I just remember being in such a strop. They got their own editor in. Uh, it was quite a funny story, actually. Paul being Paul wanted it quite literal and we had to have like a stony beach. I think we eventually had, because it was pebbles on a beach, wasn't it? And we had to have a stony beach. And the first time we tried to do the video, um, it was quite funny because I did, I can't remember, I, I did a different video the night before. We all traveled up. Sorry, I've gone straight into this. Haven't I? No, no, it's great. Uh, <laughs> all the memories coming back. Yeah, I did a video the night before. We finished at 11 o'clock drove all the way to I can't remember where it was I just remember it was like five days before Reading and this is a terrible story I'm sure everyone will tell me off for telling you this but I'm terrible gossip um, <laughs> drove all the way to wherever we were to get to this stony beach it had to be this beach it had to be stones because it was broken stones and we got there and they'd done a gig the night before it was Paul and Steve uh, what was Steve, his name? Steve Craddock Dreve Craddock, yeah. all of those guys, they were completely, I'm going to say drunk, and I'm going to say off their heads. You can decide what you think. They were just in such a bad state. I was, I just thought, oh, I can't film you. I can't, you just, you're a mess. But they were like, no, no, we have to do it now. We have to do it now. And no one could even really stand up. I mean, it was probably like I got there at five in the morning. And I was like, oh God, what am I going to do? And then um, they decided that we were going to take all the instruments down to the beach. So all the roadies had kind of got to the back of the, the van. And one of them was like, I'm not doing it. This is like, this is five in the morning. I'm not doing it. No, we've got five days to Reading. The instruments will be full of salt. They won't work. Not doing it. Half of me was like, oh my God, this is a nightmare. And half of me was like, I actually thank God that they're not going to do it. <laughs> um, and he basically said he'd walk off and he, he wouldn't. And he was been there roadie. And I can't remember what his name is. Some fan will know. He'd been there roadie since the beginning, since the jam. Oh, this is um, Kenny Wheeler. This is Kenny Wheeler. I think it was yeah, Kenny. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was Kenny. And <laughs> he was just, Kenny starts walking down the street like drunk Paul, Paolo and James Brown he used to run loaded was in the van going no no don't worry it'll be fine it'll be fine and Kenny's like it's not gonna be fine and he just started walking down the street and I'm like Paul's like don't worry we'll do it another day and I'm like this is gonna cost you money how much money well, it's gonna cost you five grand well no we'll do it now and, basically, <laughs> and then Kenny and then Kenny kept walking so eventually they decided they weren't gonna do it and Kenny was worth more than five grand so that was the first time we tried to do that video Amazing. Um, oh, brilliant. That is so funny. Oh, 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 I forgot to say that James Brown went, don't worry, don't worry. Got the camera, love. And I was 21 and I was kind of, you know, quite good looking. And so, you know, they were like, James Brown was like, oh, I've got these other birds as well. We can all go down on a beach and, you know, you can film me and these girls and I've got some whiskey and rum. And I was just like, mm, 
no, I think I'm going to go back home to bed. I've been awake for like, I'm completely sober, obviously. And yeah, so uh, that video didn't happen that day, but we did do it after Reading with some beaches and, and broken stones, obviously. To be fair to Kenny, it was, I just, I wish I could remember what beach it was, but it was a really steep incline. It was really steep and it would have taken people huffing and puffing and going all the way down the steps and then bringing them all up again, you know, five in the morning when they've done a gig all night and they've just been on the Raz. Um, so, you know, <laughs> I kind of get it, but it was, I mean, it was funny because Paul, um, and his money doesn't like to be parted. So just, <laughs> yeah, he looked like he was going to have a heart attack when I told him, but you know, you had to get, we had to get a crew and, you know. What was the brief from Paul and, and how did you become involved in the first place? Okay. So that I'll do the first one, which was you do something to me. I, it was quite funny. So I was a runner on Changing Man and I met Paul for the first time then. And my friend Angela was the girl in the video. We all got on really well and we kind of, Angela and Paolo got on really well. And I said, oh, I was starting to direct and I'd done all these, um, like little videos, but they were all beautiful fisheye lenses and, and fields and, you know, where we're going with this, uh, sunflowers. And um, and so I think I said, oh, why don't you have a look at what I've got? And he looked at the work and I'm pretty sure he thought, yes, it looks really nice. She's going to be really cheap because she hasn't done anything before. <laughs> and so about two months later, I got a phone call Oh, it's Paul. Uh, yeah. Um, do you reckon you could do that video? I've got 500 quid. And I was like, mm, I'm not sure if I can do it for 500 quid, but let me introduce you to my production company and my producer. And so we kind of obviously came to some kind of arrangement. And then he turned up with three boxes of Beatles videos, VHSs, because it was 94. And he said, this is everything that the Beatles has ever shot. Watch every single one. Follow it. Look at all the fisheye lens. Look at all the way it's shot. That's what I want. And I've got a thousand quid. And I'm like, mm, okay, not going to talk about the money with you, but I'll look at all the videos. So I spent two days watching, I think, every single Beatles video, film, everything that they'd done. And then I kind of got an idea. So wrote a treatment. Yeah. And then he liked that. I got my couple of friends in it. You know, as I said, I look Paul and Paolo and, you know, They've got roving eyes, so I've got very pretty women in it as well to keep them smiling. I was going to ask you who the ladies were because I couldn't work out whether it was connected to the band in any way because you do something so to me. Paolo's in it. Paolo, right. Marco Nelson, a, maybe? I can't remember now. Well, Mar- I think Marco was in the Broken Stones one. No, you're right. No, yeah, Marco, so. yeah, the boys were in the Broken Stone one. I think it's just, I think I wanted to get something really intimate and really uh, smiley and happy, which is just not really what he does. And so I kind of thought, well, I'll get Paolo because he's really comfortable, Paolo. Um, and they're, you know, best mates and work, woking and blah, blah, blah. And then I'll get two really pretty women that <laughs> now actually, I, I don't know what happened to Sheila, um, but Juliet, who's the other woman in it, she's now like a massive big producer. And she was a producer, she was kind of starting out as a producer at that time. Her name's Juliet Lart. And they, um, you know, we just thought we'd walk around, get like run around, get beautiful, you know, just have a really nice day out in Woking yeah. um, and around Stanley Road. So I kind of found, I went and looked at all the places we could go to. And then we just created a, just a beautiful day for the four of them, you know, just made it feel really naturalistic and everyone was happy. And yeah, I think it shows in the video. Yeah. But we really wanted to, to 
feel Beatlesy and real and homemade and authentic. So, and Paul's I mean, even got the top on, hasn't he? He's got the stamp out the, the Beatles top on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he even went topless yeah. at one point, didn't he? I think. <laughs> yeah, I think any he opportunity. Did. I think any if opportunity. Not, yeah, definitely. The first time I ever met him, he just uh, when I was a runner, it was, I was a hip hop girl, so I didn't really. I'm going to tell you this out loud. I didn't really know even the jam at that point. I was about 21. And I was just like, who's the bloke with his bloody top off, like wandering around, like posing? And I'm like, who? <laughs> I, think it was, I think it was just a bit like, well, I don't you know who I am? So I think that helped when I was going to do the video because, you know, I wasn't um, a huge Uber fan. I just, you know, he's just like, I'm just going to make sure you, you've seen the Beatles. Um, so That's I a did. brilliant brief. What a brilliant brief. The thing about that song is, it's, I mean, that's one of his biggest hits, if not his biggest hit in terms of mm. not least wedding songs, I would imagine. But yeah. I mean, that, that video's had millions of views on YouTube. Yeah, yeah it's iconic. I mean, because I, I think, honestly, because after that, I'd got... It was quite sad, really, because well, I brought Douglas Hart on on Broken Stones, and he ended up doing stuff with Douglas Hart in the end. And Douglas is brilliant; he does a lot of the super uh, fisheye lenses. But his stuff's more blokey, and you can see with you do something to me. It's got a really feminine female touch, and I and it, I suppose it goes with that song more. And the rest of his stuff is a bit more rock and roll. But I just think that's that song and that video is so iconic because it it was me, and it was really feminine. And as much as I watched the Beatles and and looked at all the kind of male stuff it really had a kind of i wanted to bring my kind of sonniness to it which is you know sunny days happy flowers happy times you know um and just feeling really comfortable in front of the camera so yeah i saw douglas uh, had directed a video recently for the new album which was yeah he did he did and then porcelain gods was obviously a chop up then so i I mean i can understand the point you made about like mtv and, and stuff because you know ultimately you're the creative and this is your work and you put your heart and soul into this and then when some yeah. dickhead comes in and hacks that all apart and wants to do it yeah. their way that's frustrating isn't it from what i was told but you never know if you're told it because they're just trying to you know appease your kind of ego or whatever but i was told that he'd even snubbed mtv or not turned up to the awards and that's why they were doing it i have no idea if that's the truth that was what the record company had said to Mm. me um so i this poor editor um oh i made such a proud of myself i walked (laughs) so actually this is a funny story funniest thing one of the funniest things that ever happens to me i get instant karma i can never be arrogant because the universe just literally slaps me in the face (laughs) so it's a really funny story and so i walked in there 21 years old just really like oh it's my video what are you doing what who's this editor that's re-editing my video my vision and i walked through the door sat on the sat down i sat on the chair behind him i put my legs up on the table i mean honestly what a twat i'm not like this now this is 30 years ago uh i put my legs up on the on the table and then the chair started moving backwards and it completely fell over and i fell over and i was lying on the floor and literally my skirt was over my head and i just cried with laughter and the (laughs) editor cried with laughter and we're still friends to this day because it was just like what a way to break the ice and i'm like okay i'm not actually cool i'm just (laughs) pretending to be i'm I'm an idiot. So it was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> There's two yeah. things I thought were really interesting about the videos as well. So one is, um, I mean, Paul's always been a fashionable guy. He's always got a sense of style. He knows about you know how he wants to look and puts a lot of effort yeah. into that. And in Broken Stones, he's even wearing his own design. So he's even wearing his own Ben Sherman, that candy stripe that he designed. Yeah. Was that yeah, a conversation that you had, or was it just he turned no, up? You can't, well? you can't. You can't converse with Paul in that way. He's got his own ideas. I mean, I don't know, maybe other people could, and maybe it's because I was still quite young and just fresh to doing videos, but I put my bit in, which is making him feel comfortable, uh, working out what the shot should look like and 
the feel of it all. And we did quite a few in-camera tricks. Um, but he definitely was, I mean, I, I think I would say that that doesn't work. You can't wear a green top in a green field. It's not going to work. But, you know, apart from, because I'm really obsessed with colors, but apart from kind of color scheme, he would bring his clothes. And yeah. and then, yeah, the other thing was there's, there's a bit in Porcelain Gods. They're all wearing Paul Weller masks are in the, in the, where did that come yeah. from? Do you remember that? Some no, random. I, I don't. Oh, I do. Oh, I can't remember now. Jeez, <laughs> too long ago. The thing about this is, so this was very early on the start of your career, yeah. but a great launch pad because you then go on. I mean, the amount of stuff you've done since with the Discovery Channel and the launch of DMAX and Channel 4 and all yeah. the ITV idents. It seems to me that you're somebody from from day one of this career were really brave in terms of what you're doing. Even the Bosnian trip that you did, that was, was that, you were like 21 doing that as well, weren't you? Yeah, it was really, actually, no, I was probably, maybe I wasn't 21. Maybe I was 21 and I did the running thing, but when I did Paul's films, I was about 23. yeah. I don't have any fear. It's really worrying. I've, I think weirdly, as I've got older, I'm starting to have more fear, but I just been doing, I was, I went, yeah, I went to Bosnia during the war and I think I might've even, it was definitely around the time I was doing Paul's films or just before. Yeah. I drive these massive trucks out there. Yeah. We got bombed a lot and stuff like that, but that I think I've always kind of had two things I do. One is volunteer and try and be of use to the planet, the world. And the other thing is to kind of make films. And actually, it was only in the last seven years that I decided to combine the two things. And I don't know why I didn't do that before. So I kind of did a whole project in Los Angeles about homelessness uh, and women experiencing homelessness. And then I did a whole kind of thing for a beautiful charity here about loneliness in old age. And yeah, I'm just working on some stuff about sustainability and I did that Tesco one about disabilities in toilets. So yeah, it's only uh, recently I've kind of combined the two things. But yeah, I've always just gone and done stuff. That helped house her project. That you talk about this film of um, around homelessness in America, and and I think all of your work actually, but there's real heart in your the stuff that you mm-hmm. produce. You can tell that it's. Do you know what I mean it's, it's coming from somebody who cares about the work that they're producing? Whether that's the commercial work, the branded content, the films yeah. that you've done, and we'll talk about the, the short films you've done in a second as well. But you really care about the work that you're putting out there. Yeah, I think um, someone was asking me the other day, actually, what what is it? And I, just, I think I just find the heart of whether it's a song or whether it's a, um, a film about um, someone's lives, especially if I'm talking about someone's lives, the housing one, the one about, you know, women that uh, experience homelessness. I specifically, I was helping out on Skid Row. Someone said to me, and it was awful. It was someone that was actually helping out said to me, well, you know, why should they not eat the sandwich that we're giving them? I mean, they're homeless. Why are they so fussy? And I'm like, Jesus, these are human beings. Like they they haven't chosen to be homeless. They haven't chosen not to have food. You know, it's one, you're everyone in America. There's no social health care. Like everyone is, is one step away from homelessness or three paychecks. Actually, some of these women were one paycheck and one illness away from homelessness. You know, there's a Donna, I don't know if you saw it. She got cancer and she ended up on the streets. You know, there was Christina who some parents died and she was just kicked out of the care home at 16 or whatever it was and, and just ended up on the streets. You know, every, it, there's just so many sad stories. So I kind of tried to find the heart of the stories through the women and ask them what's the most important thing for them. And they said to not be judged and to feel the same as anyone else. So what we did is we found, got people to volunteer clothes and Actually, a chari- I got a charity to put them up in a hotel the night before. So they all had showers, they had a bed, they slept, they went on set, they chose some clothes, and they just sat and told the story from the beginning, like anyone would tell you the story of their life. So it just unraveled and you, un- you reveal 
the tiny little steps that happen to make them homeless. And I think that way it made people really think about it. And you can't say, oh, they chose that life because you can see how it happened and you can see in a respectful way and a way that I... um, I cared about them. I'm still in touch with all of them. In fact, I lived in America for two years and the people I talk to the most of them are the women that were homeless. Actually, most of them aren't homeless anymore. And because they felt, with Christina especially, because she felt that she could tell her story to someone and to people, she could then go back and tell her family her story and and it helped her have the um, strength to really push forward and get some housing. So yeah, well, it's, and it's also that thing where you realise it's kind of there, but the grace of God, right? It's like yeah, you know, those exactly. steps are so you, know, you say one paycheck, two paychecks away, and suddenly you're in the same yeah. boat. But the other thing I wanted to talk to you about with the short films that you've done, which um, which are lovely. Um, so Nicker Man <laughs> is brilliant. Yeah. I'm going to put the link in the show notes of this podcast. Okay, um, yeah. That was your drama debut, but it's such a wonderful yeah. little 15 minute film Thank of you. brilliance of this guy who said, "Well, you." tell the story it's this guy who's selling knickers but actually what he's doing is having it away with the entire village right <laughs> yeah and it's based on a true story so my friend <laughs> my friend corin who uh don't if you remember swing out sister she'll tell me to tell you yes that. oh my god i love that band <laughs> so yeah so corin uh, is from lincolnshire and that's like her local village or town and she used to work for a guy called noel the knicker man i shouldn't really say this out loud maybe i should take noel out no it doesn't matter anyway so noel used to shag apparently all the not of Corin was a child, so not her. Um, all the women that he'd sell the knickers to in the back of the phone. I'm like, oh my God, that's a genius story. And then so what I did is I kind of took the idea of that, but I wanted to see it through through a little girl's eyes that noticed the whole village um suddenly yeah. light up and these kind of <laughs> glorious knickers. And she thought he's Jesus Christ, like healing the women through these like miraculous knickers. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that was my first ever oh, short film. It was brilliant. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, I, yeah, really lovely film to watch, and and won and the um, LA Short Film Festival as well. And, it won the LA Short Film Festival. It's funny, uh, you talk about me. Uh, whatever I do, I put my heart in it. And when I did that film afterwards, uh, we had a few chats with uh, like, um, oh my goodness, I've forgotten their name. Uh, really massive. Did Notting Hill and, and oh, um, other- uh, working title. Work a title, a bit of money in, and they wanted to do a feature version of it. And I just, I was just like, I think I've done it. I mean, honestly, it's idiotic of me. I'm like, I've done it. It doesn't feel right to make it a feature. It's just, it just works so well as a 15 minute little thing. Um, and I didn't end up doing it. I probably should have done because I do, I am trying to get into sh- like feature films now. Could have seen Hugh Grant as the Nicker Man. Yeah. Well, it was originally Reese Siffins, actually. He okay, was meant to be brilliant. doing it and he, he was on another film at the time. Um, so he couldn't do it. So we got Jamie in, but it was a real shame because I thought Reese would have been good, but actually Kathy Burke, who was a great, good friend of mine, I haven't seen her for years, but, um, she was like, Oh no, mate, so much better for being not Reese. Cause he would have just, it would have been a Reese film that you'd made. And I think she's kind of right. Yeah. Oh, that's no, um, lovely. I love that. And I, and the pond, which is the follow up, is just again a lo- lovely, lovely thing. Um, again, winning film festivals and film awards and things. Yeah, so, where do yeah. these ideas come from? Is this something that it just strikes you when you're on about? You've got a little notebook, and the same way as people who write songs, write notes down. Or so I. Um, yeah, I've just written two kids series, so that's actually what I really, you know, because I didn't think the Nickerman wasn't the right thing for me as a thing, and I, I, it was somewhere between kids and adults. It was themed through kids' eyes, both films, but from an adult. Perspective, but actually, I really love writing things for kids, and I've written two really conceptual kids' shows that I'm in the middle of pitching now. They come from being in places like this and walking around in nature, and I just start with a seedling of an idea or a seedling of a character, create the character, what would they do, find the story, and yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you've, you, 
pull it out, get an arc and keep writing. But yeah, I mean, watch this space because I'm really hoping that this, um, I've made a really, it's a really beautiful, actually, uh, TV series for kids. It combines art, um, imagination, identity, learning with a with a brilliant adventure and a ghost story. So murder mystery. This sounds um, fantastic. And is this, this is fully made or this is just everything no, written it's in a, storyboard? It's, a, it's an animation. It's, yeah, it's fully written. It's wow. in with an agent and a production company. So. Oh, wow. This sounds brilliant. Okay. You learn about art, but you don't know that you're learning about art. I, I don't want to say any more because... Um, so will nick it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's already been out a bit mar- a bit too much. And I just saw something that Meghan Markle's doing that has a vaguely similar theme. And I'm like, oh, no, I hope that doesn't mean ours isn't going to happen. But um, I think it's a different enough. But yeah, it's I'm really excited for it. It's as imaginative as the Nicker Man and the Pond. In fact, more so. They're brilliant. Oh, they're, they're such fun. I'm going to show them in the show notes because they're really worth watching. Uh, in terms of Mr. Weller, have you had any connection since those videos? I mean, we were really good friends. I haven't seen him for years, though. I don't know what happened. I think I think I went and worked in TV, so I didn't really do music videos anymore. In fact, I stopped doing music videos. I had a, I had a, like, I am never doing them again because there was so much sexism then, and I just uh, there weren't any other any other. Re- there were two other female directors, maybe three: Lindy Heyman, Zana, and I don't even think yeah, Lindy was around. There was a woman called Zanna who's a photographer and Sophie Muller who was a photographer and she's still doing it. And I was really young. I was a bit younger than everyone. And I just constantly, honestly, I got so much sexism and I got so much um, stuff like there were guys in the same production company as me. And they, they, we were all going to see gigs to get work. Um, but I'd always get the comments like, well, Sonia just flirts with the bands and that's how she gets her work as if like all bands are just stupid and that's why they'd give someone a job. And so, and the boys weren't getting anything like that. And I just thought, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And actually, um, brilliant woman, Dawn Shadworth came possibly four or five years later and she kind of just changed the whole uh, landscape of music videos uh, for women. And I think she really kind of started it off. And I think I was just, I was just five years too early on that because whatever I did, it was just my gender would be so much part of the conversation when it shouldn't have been. And honestly, some of the stuff I got, and um, I remember the day I stopped doing music videos. I'm going to say this out loud, actually, and I'm going to shame Virgin because there was uh, David McCormont and Bernard Butler. Bernard Butler saw the Paul Weller stuff and he absolutely loved that video. And so I don't know how he got hold of me, but he'd asked someone, he got my number, he called me up and said, I really want you to do our music video. I've got this great idea. It's me and David McCormont. We're walking, both walking in a similar direction. We want the same kind of fisheye lens, kind of really beautiful. Da, 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 da. And so I was like, oh, that sounds great. He's like, yeah, can you just send a treatment into Virgin? And so I was like, okay. Um, so I'd written it all up exactly how he wanted it. I sent it off to uh, Virgin on that Monday morning. It's really funny. I have no shame with showing people up. I, in fact, I really, I, I honestly, I yeah, think. He's people, right to call well, it out. I think people yeah. should, I really think like yeah. sexism should be called out. Yeah. Um, and so I sent that, I sent that off to Virgin Records and actually Juliet, who was the girl in the, the Paul Weller video was at that time the rep in my company. This is possibly six years later or something. And so I sent it through and about four or five hours later, Juliet got this phone call from Virgin saying that um, they were really disappointed that I'd been chasing after their bands again and flirting with them and asking them for their music videos. And I was just like, I, that, that, you know, I was just like, that's it. I've had enough. I'm done. So I got a piece of paper. This is in the old days of facts. I wrote, fuck you, sorry, people, or F-U-C-K-U in black marker pen. And I faxed it through to Virgin Records and said, I'm never doing music video again and walked out. And a month later, got a job at Discovery and never looked back at music videos. 
Well, well done you. Good for you. Yeah. I was just so I don't know if it's good for me. That's what happens when you're 24 and you've got a you're Greek, you've got a Greek dad, so you get a Greek dad. Yeah, no, you gotta stand but, up for you. Yeah, you gotta stand up for Yeah, I do. And I and I actually I want to talk about it more because I think I think it's got a lot better. But I we're now having the same conversations about race as we were having about being female directors. And and I I'm hearing people and friends of mine having those same kind of conversations, like, oh, we just want a black director in our company, where you know. I was getting conversations with you know a company called Partisan who just wanted a female director at the time. They didn't care about my work, and I think you know that's kind of it's getting better. Don't get me wrong; it's getting much better. But I think you know I think we all need to kind of think about what has happened and where how far down the line we are. Yeah, there's still lots so, of work to do, isn't there? Absolutely, still lots of work to do. Yes, yeah. you were going to say that. So seven years ago, you what did you bump into Paul, or was there some kind of? I, oh yes. yes, I went to I was going to LA and I was at. Gatwick here, Paul. Sorry, Paul. I'm always doing a really bad accent with you. And I and I just saw him. I was walking up the stairs and I just saw him. And and I was like, oh my God. I'm like, Paul. He's like, oh, sorry. I'm like, Sonia. Oh, how are you? And I'm like, I'm good. He's like, how are you? And he's like, I'm like, where are you off to? And he's like, oh, there's some super jet doing some really cheap deals to Egypt. So I'm going on holiday to Egypt. And I just walked away going, oh my God, you haven't changed. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You love to bargain, Paul. It was really funny because like two years later, this girl, I know, Alan Marks, who just did that documentary about Paul for the, or the jam or Paul first guy. I saw his daughter, Natalie, had bumped into him like two years later and he was on a like economy economy thing on Superjet again or EasyJet. No, not Superjet, EasyJet. And I was like, oh my God, he's still doing it. It's brilliant. You know what? It's good. It's good. It's good. Uh, how funny. I love that. I just love that about him. Do you know what I mean? Because he could probably do anything and go on a, you know, full expenses paid, but but he's like, you know, yeah. bargain, likes to bargain. I, I get the sense that the, um, it's all about priorities, right? So the money will be going on vinyl and fashion. Vinyl, fashion and probably his children. Yes. Yeah. And then the flights later. Why, why, why spend first class? That's a, that's an awful lot of vinyl you can be buying. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, this has been so lovely. I have two final questions for you, if right. that's all right, Sonia. Um, you're allowed one Paul Weller song for the rest of your life. It can be The Jam, The Style Council or Solo. Which one are you going to go with? Oh, probably it'd be from The Jam, actually. Oh, yeah. Uh, do I have to choose one? Yeah. Oh, well, no, you know what? I'm going to choose You Do Something To Me because that was a really nice time in my life. It's a special song, isn't it? Yeah, it's a special song, and I know every word, I know all the words to it. In fact, went to me and my friend Angela went to a couple of gigs afterwards at the um, uh, the Hundred Club. And in fact, me we both introduced Paul on the stage, and and I just, I remember getting really annoyed because he was singing the words wrong, and I'm like, that's not the right words. Because obviously, I edited it about a million times, so I knew every word off by heart. It's really annoying if you if you make a music video for someone, and then you go and see them in a gig, and you're just like, you're just sitting there, and you go, it's all the wrong words. You're not even getting the words right. Like, what are you doing? Because you know the words better than them. You know, it's really beautiful. It's really romantic. It's really, yeah. It's just that. It's just that. It's just got a bit of everything in it, isn't it? Mm. But you, it, it feels just real as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I think of Paul and I think he's quite blokey and it's like, you're, you're the bird that done the video. Like his dad was like, you're that bird that done the video, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah, 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 that's right, John. I'm, I'm the director of the video, yes. Uh, but Paul, you know, Paul's quite like that as well. And I, but, but I love that he's like that when you meet him and that's the kind of the persona you get. But actually, when you look at his songs and the way he writes, he's got this kind of beautiful poetic heart and soul. And I think you probably have to peel through a few more layers than than 
than I probably have, or most people have, yeah, um, yeah. to kind of get that that you do something to me side of Paul, which yeah. he obviously has because you wouldn't write that if you don't have that. He's kind of really hard and really soft at the same time. He's kind of a yeah, he's a very complex character. But from what I remember, and you know, it probably has been about apart from the EasyJet uh, seven years ago, it probably has been about twenty five years. But he definitely he. You know, he knows what he wants and he and he really pushes to get there. And, you know, yeah, he's kind of brilliant. And yeah, he, and he won't take any crap from anyone, which is great. I mean, I, I had that blooming female, like, oh, I don't know. Is that right? Is it not right? But he's just like, no, I want that. I want that. I want that. That's not right anymore. I want it to be more male energy, you know, or I want it to be more, you know, he just knows what he wants, which I think is great. It's so lovely. I have one final question for you. Um, yep. So the purpose of this podcast is not only to talk to people, lovely people like yourself, uh, but it's to get that interview with Paul Weller that I never managed in my radio career. If it happens, oh. what should I ask him? Oh, gosh. The Beatles, obviously. <laughs> ask him, is there any is there any Beatles video he didn't actually manage to get? Because it, honestly, even... It, and is, does he still have those VHSs? Because I think even then we didn't even have VHSs. I mean, that he came, I mean, maybe he did in 95. I don't know. But that he'd collected every single performance. And I'm talking every single performance, you know, either taped off the TV or got. And there was, you know, there was part, a box of every single performance. And that is someone that really is a massive fan of them. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. so maybe there's a question in there that you can ask him. I love that. I'm giving you this massive box and expecting homework. Yeah. I work for your 500 quid. <laughs> I can tell you, I can tell you it cost you more than 500 quid. Your hourly rate just for watching the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you very much. My thanks once again to Sonia Phillips. Head to my new website. Yes, brand new, brand new website to find out all about Sonia's amazing work. You can find me on paulwellerfanpodcast.com. That's paulwellerfanpodcast.com. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please make sure you follow, do leave a review. It does help us to find new listeners to the show and do share on your social media channels as well. On Twitter, at WellerFanPod. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook. It's Paul Weller Fan Podcast. Don't forget, you can also buy me a coffee as well and find information about my guests in the show notes for this podcast. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.